it's nerve wracking. You know, you can hear that uh, that people are a little bit nervous and they sometimes are a little bit shaky. But uh, that's that's the excitement of this live performance. And it really is like a live artistic performance to be able to get up on stage and tell, you know, dozens or hundreds of strangers this really, in many cases, very intimate story about this thing that changed your life. From NCPR, welcome to Northwards. People, ideas, and conversations from and about northern New York, Vermont, and beyond. I'm Mitch Tyke. Support for the Northwards podcast comes from Joe Steininger and Mary McDonald in support of the Adirondack Foundation, building stronger Adirondack communities. So Ethan Shanty, host of the Howl podcast. That's me. Hi, Mitch. Hey there. Uh, and uh, I'm Mitch Tyke, host of Northwards. And we're here to uh, to talk about this brand new podcast that's just about to launch. Yeah, it's the Howl podcast. Mitch, uh, as you would probably know if you've attended any of the events, is the host of the Howl Story Slam Live. And we are taking those stories and now we're putting them into a podcast. Uh, and so how, aside from being able to listen to it uh, on your computer or your smartphone or wherever you listen to your podcasts, how is the Howl podcast going to differ from actually visiting and, and sitting in on a, on a real live Howl? Sure. Yeah. With the, with the Howl podcast, we are, at least in this initial season, collecting some of the best stories that we've heard from Howl Story Slams uh, over the past uh, five or six years. Uh, and we really went went through our back catalog with a fine tooth comb and thought, like, you know, we need some really serious stories, some ones that are really funny and stories that represent sort of like a broad range of the types of people that live in the North Country. And I really think it's uh, it's kind of like a brand new way to experience the show. Um, not only are you hearing from people uh, from from all different towns in the North Country, but I am also kind of injecting some of my own personal stories into them as well. So, uh, Right, so, this is the, the, the curation aspect of this. Exactly, yeah. So it's not just, you know, we took the audio and we uh, we put it up on, on the internet. We are crafting an actual real live show, not a live show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, in fact, I could jump in here. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the idea of a live show and and, you know, you are a musician, and we right. were kind of talking about this at the station the other day, the idea of kind of capturing lightning in a bottle, the, the, the goal when you're a band of really recording something that's magic, that it all comes together at once. And I wonder if there's a comparison to be made that the howl is that thing also when it's done live in front of an audience at a place versus bringing folks in and just having them tell their stories into a microphone. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that there's a, there's, almost like a one-to-one comparison you know the 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 excitement of live music is that it's there's like a danger to performing live and that's why people go out to see it not because they're expecting that someone will mess up but (laughs) they're expecting that it will be just slightly different uh than what they can hear at the at, at home on on their on their stereo and um you know, when 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 somebody comes in to to record a story and they've got notes and they've rehearsed it, uh, it, it loses a little bit of that magic. It might be more polished, but it's a little bit less human. And so that is one of the things that we're trying to do with this show is take these stories that are told off the cuff. You know, the howl is live stories, uh, true stories told without notes and no note props um, and bring that kind of spontaneity 
to the podcast. And, and I can attest to this being the, the host or the co-host of the live events at, at bars and, and restaurants all around uh, the North Country that in some cases, this is the first time these people have ever told this story as as a coherent story, you know, from with a beginning, a middle and an end. And others, you know, they've been telling this story to their friends or their kids or their, you know, whoever's uh, for years. But they've never told it exactly the way that they tell it on that one night with that audience out there watching. Right. And it's it's nerve wracking. You know, you can hear that uh, that people are a little bit nervous and they sometimes are a little bit shaky. But uh, that's that's the excitement of this live performance. And it really is like a live artistic performance to be able to get up on stage and tell, you know, dozens or hundreds of strangers this really in many cases, very intimate story about this thing that changed your life. And it's really special that we're able to to go out and capture that. And, you know, it's it's been this thing that has existed mostly only in the live setting. And now to be able to take that and to share it with more people in the North Country uh, who haven't been able to get to the events is uh, is a really wonderful opportunity. Uh, now, you mentioned that there's going to be this value add to it as well, which is that you're going to tell some stories of your own and, and reflect on the stories that people are about to hear or, or who have just heard. Uh, what, what kinds of stuff are, are you talking about? Yeah, that's been the really cool thing for me is to be able to hear these stories and find how uh, how I can relate to them. Uh, because at first, you know, as just a, as an audience member, it's it's really enjoyable. But then when, when you listen to the stories five or six or seven or eight or even 10 <laughs> times, like I have, and go, where am I in this story as well? And uh, the very first story that, uh, that, that I'm telling on the podcast is about the very first tour that my band went on. Uh, and we didn't have a van as most touring bands do. We were just in my sedan, my <laughs> brand new Hyundai Sonata. Uh, and we are headed to, I think, our second show. And it had some disastrous consequences. <laughs> I obviously am not going to spoil it because I want you to listen to it. Uh, but yeah, you know, finding um, finding ways to 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 reflect on my life with my family um, and 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 my life as a musician and an artist, and be able to um, be able to share those with people as well because they're normally things that I would have put. In, uh, they're normally things that I would have put in prose or poetry, and uh, to tell them in this way was an exciting new challenge for me, too. So I have to ask, uh, did did you own a Hyundai Sonata for uh, for musical reasons? <laughs> <laughs> Purely non-musical All right. reasons. Yeah, budgetary reasons, I think. <laughs> Sounds like you could have been in a Honda Odyssey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ethan has been rendered speechless. <laughs> I was... I was expecting much more Simpsons references and, and few fewer Homer references. Um, so, um, so as you went through the back catalog of of howls that we have recorded, obviously we've recorded a lot of the grand slams. Uh, but what were some of the stories that really stood out for you that you're looking most forward to sharing with people? Yeah, there is a storyteller by the name of Chris who talks about how she learned how to play chess with her grandfather. Uh, and it was this uh, this formative experience that took place over years and years and years uh, where she would spend summers with her grandparents. And one summer, 
Her grandfather challenged her to a game of chess. She didn't know how to play, so slowly he taught her how to play and at the same time is telling her these really intimate stories about his life uh, and his military career um, as, as, as a way to get to know her. And one of the things that she realizes is that these games of chess are being played in an effort to get to know her better and for her to understand what his life has been and why he's this quiet, gruff guy and how she doesn't realize until much later what was actually occurring in those moments. And it's this really sweet and tender story that's that's heartbreaking as well. Um, so there's stories like that that are sad. There are stories that are revealing. There are stories about um, people who find themselves in positions that they never would have anticipated. Uh, a woman by the name of Deirdre who becomes uh, a bird watcher, and she is the youngest member of this bird watching community by about 65 years, <laughs> um, and how it blossoms into this lifelong friendship and this lifelong uh, interest that, you know, three or four months before that story took place, she never would have been able to to envision. Um, so it's it's stories from across the board, across the spectrum of uh, of these people who have have had some sort of revelation in most cases that uh, has changed their perspective. And the fact that they're willing to share it with mostly strangers when, as you said, they have mostly just shared it with friends and family up to that point um, is, is kind of an honor. Yeah. In a in a selfish way, one of the things that I'm most looking forward to about this series, you know, as I say, I, I'm the co-host of the live events along with Natalie Thill of the Adirondack Center for Writing. And as we're having this conversation, we actually just had an event uh, last night in Old Forge. And Natalie and I were chatting afterwards, and I was asking her about some historical reference uh, that the Howl has had. And I don't know whether I just have a mind like a steel sieve, um, but she remembers so many of these stories in graphic detail. And, you know, it's all I can do to remember the stories that I myself have told uh, that I'm really looking forward to a chance to, to revisit some of the stories that uh, I remember being good, but the details have slipped from my mind. And I think, um, you know, that's got to be another thing that people might look forward to, people who have been in the audience but would like to hear these stories again. Absolutely. You know, as I said, we're going through and, and picking through what we think are the some of the most outstanding stories that, that our listeners would want to revisit but uh, that we want to introduce to new people as well. You know, we are trying that's, – that's what – NCPR, that's what The Howl is all about, is sharing these stories that are representative of life in the North Country. These stories can really only happen right here. Um, and so, yeah, it's an opportunity to revisit. It's maybe an opportunity for you to experience The Howl for the very first time and be inspired to come and tell your own story. And that's been one of the cool things for me, too, is um, as I've you know, as I've absorbed these stories and been thinking about uh, my own stories that can relate, I'm, I'm uncovering new details that had been forgotten. And it's also been a chance for me to, you know, talk with my own family and, and you know, say, hey, you know, I heard this story about this, you know, and it got me thinking about this thing that happened with us. And it's been a great conversation starter for me and my family. 
So we are going to hear a very special bonus story on this episode of yeah. Northwards, this special crossover episode. <laughs> uh, what do you want to tell us about what we're about to hear? Well, I'm kind of interested in what you have to say about <laughs> it, because this is a, a Howl story, uh, story Slam that was recorded uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and for the very first time, I mean, you may have heard this story from Sylvie, your daughter, before. <laughs> but for the very first time, you got to see her get up on stage and tell this story. And I am imagine for you, it must have been a very special experience for these two worlds to come together. And, you know, your your daughter's in college now and getting ready to move on to other things. And you're going to be able to hear this story forever. So it's got to be really cool for you to have this as a piece of the archive. Yeah. So I, I'll say that this was recorded in Ticonderoga and uh, I had no idea that she was going to tell this story. Actually, we you know oh, she we, didn't tell you in advance? no no we were, we we drove uh, from Potsdam to Ticonderoga, a distance of roughly uh, like nineteen hours, I think. Um, <laughs> no, it was a, it was a nice drive down, but and and we had things to do on the way, and she didn't even tell me she was thinking of telling a story. Mm. She she sometimes says that. I mean, she's she has told stories in the past. Um, but I, I really had no idea that she was going to tell this particular story. And um, and it's not a story that I had ever heard her tell oh, wow. in story form with, you know, with this particular narrative arc. Um, it's about her life. So I, I've kind of experienced the story, mm. but listening to her kind of uh, pull it together and, and hear it coalesce into a single five-minute story was really rewarding in a way you don't often get to to hear your kids or you know your your close relatives uh, take something that you know about them and turn into something that they want to share with the world. Right. Yeah. Because so often when we're hearing stories from our friends or family or coworkers, it's not as a story. It's a conversation. And, you know, there's interjections. And then, you know, your conversation partner says, oh, that reminds me of this thing. And then slowly you get back to the story. And when it's all over, it's the, the thing that exists in your head of this story is sort of this like weird soup of all of the things that were said during this conversation. So you're right. It's really rare to be able to hear a beginning, middle, and end kind of narrative like this, especially from somebody who's so close to you. So yeah, we're going to hear a story from Sylvie Tyke. This was recorded in Ticonderoga. Sticking on or to the theme of family, I wanted to start off by saying, as my dad can probably attest, I've always been a pretty vocal person. Um, <laughs> Especially when I was younger, I think sometime around middle school, maybe seventh or eighth grade, I, I started getting a lot more introverted, and that trend kind of continued through high school. Um, but there was one thing that did bring me out of my shell and has continued to bring me out of my shell, and that would be the German language. Um, some people say that you have different personalities in different languages. I can confirm that this is true. Um, but it's, it started out small. My freshman year of high school, I was really unhappy with my French class. I was really unhappy with my teacher. And then there were these German exchange students at our school for two or three weeks. And I was obsessed with them. Like, it may or may not have had something to do with the fact that I developed a crush on one of them. <laughs> but anyways, I could not, I could not get over this. And finally, it came to the point where, like, the day before they were about to leave, to go back to Germany, I would never see them again. 
I decided enough with, enough with being the introvert, I'm gonna walk over and talk to one of them. And a little update on the story, I'm still in touch with this exchange student five years later. It's very exciting. Um, so that worked out well. And high school continued. My sophomore year, I moved from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Potsdam, New York. Moving can be quite the difficult adjustment, especially when it turns out to be at the beginning of a global pandemic and you end up finishing your last year and a half of high school from behind a Zoom screen. Um, but once again, it was, it was German that kind of helped me through that. It became my pandemic project. And after I graduated high school, I took um, a semester off, a gap semester before starting college. And for the first half of that semester, I went to Germany all by myself. It was my first flight alone, and it was an international flight in like quasi-COVID quasi times. So it was like you had to be all masked up and had to have specific entry documents and everything. And I was able to do it somehow. And the six weeks went great. I got to visit another friend who was an exchange student, not on the trip for my freshman year, but a sophomore exchange student. Um, and I improved my language skills a lot. I improved my self-confidence a lot. And when I got back, I started working in Lake Placid at the Olympic sites. And since there were a lot of international competitions there and the German-speaking countries tend to be fairly good at the winter sports, um, I started being able to use my language skills there. And I could talk to athletes and coaches in their native language, which is something that I don't think I've ever done that with English. I've never just walked up to, like, not that there are a ton of, not that the American ski jumping team is super, super large, and I haven't had that many opportunities to converse with them, but somehow all of my anxiety just went away with the, with the German teams. I would walk up and ask how they're doing and that kind of thing. And once I got to college, I started German right away. I tested into the senior seminar, which was a huge accomplishment, given that I had mostly self-studied. Um, and that, that felt really out of my comfort zone, too. But you might think that flying internationally, this kind of thing, is like the peak of anxiety or that kind of thing. But for me, it was the German theater class that I took this past semester. The, prior to this, my only theater experience was playing a sheep in my kindergarten class's performance of EIEI -E Oops. So suddenly now playing the lead in a German play seemed like this huge, huge thing. And I, so I had never done theater. It turned out to be quite the interesting play. I learned how to do stage kisses. I had to strip on stage. I did a scene in underwear. There were attack scenes. You've seen the play. <laughs> and you know what? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I loved my professor and I loved my classmates. And all I can say, I'm so glad that there were the exchange students that second week of high school. I'm so glad that wherever I am in school, in high school, college, somewhere in between high school and college. The German language has been there to support me, and I'm so glad that I found it, and I'm glad I can share it with everyone today.
That was Sylvie Tyke, a story that we heard recorded in Ticonderoga. Sylvie is Mitch's daughter. And Mitch, how does it feel to listen back to it? <laughs> uh, I... Uh... She's always been a good public speaker, but but hearing her in that setting and uh, with you know such an intimate audience around her, uh, it, it's uh, you know uh, a proud dad moment for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Ethan, before I let you go, uh, tell us when the Howl Podcast is going to drop and how people can subscribe. Absolutely, yeah. So the Howl Podcast drops on July nineteenth. It's going to be available on every possible streaming service you can imagine. Uh, the first three episodes are going to drop that day, so you can uh, get uh, get a little bit of binge listening in. <laughs> um, and then we're going to drop uh, uh, episodes weekly after that. This first season is going to be ten episodes. Again, July nineteenth. It's going to be at ncpr.org/howl and on uh, your podcast platform of choice. Just click subscribe, and you'll be able to hear uh, some great stories recorded on stages live around the North Country. Ethan, thanks. And to everyone listening, I hope we'll see you out on some stages across the North Country as the Howl season continues. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Northwards. I'm Mitch Tyke. I hope you enjoyed our interview, and you can catch new content every Friday right here or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more about Northwards and NCPR on our mobile app or at our website, ncpr.org. And while you're there, make a donation to support everything you hear on North Country Public Radio. Northwards is an NCPR podcast production. The show is written, edited, and produced by Mitch Tyke with digital production supervision by me, Ethan Shanty. Caitlin Kelly handles our social media, Bill Hanel is our digital director, and Doyle Dean is our production manager. Music is by the Wickmore Jazz Trio of Plattsburgh. To support this show and find more podcasts, visit ncpr.org. This is NCPR, North Country Public Radio.